0: Welcome to the weekly podcast, recorded live at Glory City Church, Brisbane. We hope you are blessed by this week's sermon. Well, Father, we say thank you for today. This is the day that you have made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Father, I thank you for your great grace. I thank you for your goodness and your kindness. Lord, I pray that you'd... Minister and love on each of the mums here today, Lord. Those, Father, that have lost their mums, those that are, are, for this day is a difficult day for them, put your arms around them. Let them experience your love and your comfort. And, Father, I thank you that you are everything we need. You are the comforter. You are the one who wants to put your arms around us. Lord, you want to speak to us, and you are the glory and the lifter of our head. You are The prize and Father, we lift our eyes to you and say thank you. In Jesus' name, everybody said, "Amen." Amen. Well, I um, I received a testimony this week from someone that was in Sydney. We actually we get so many wonderful testimonies come through. Even last Sunday, um, as Aaron was preaching, someone was. Uh, baptized in the Holy Spirit, watching online, they just received a baptism of the Holy Spirit. Started speaking in tongues for the first time. Uh, a beautiful Baptist lady, and and Amanda was telling the testimony. So praise the Lord. And um, I had a, a word of knowledge for somebody that had a trigger thumb or something like that. That was you know issues, ongoing issues with their thumb and praise the Lord, they were instantly healed. We saw uh, numerous people give their hearts to Jesus and um, receive healing. But there was one that Nigel sent through, not Nigel, Lionel sent through to me. Uh, Here, I'll just read it to you. He wanted to thank uh, thank me for praying for his back. And let me know that, he says here, I have been totally pain-free ever since, discharged from the physio who could only describe it as a miracle. He's not a Christian and signed off by my doctor for a return to full duties at work. I've also been working ever since and have done hours worth of work that would have been totally impossible before Sunday. If you could tell her that Todd said so, uh, that would be awesome. That's my letter uh, that Lionel sent through. Uh, from this guy. But, you know, I believe it's in this season, as God is wanting to spur us on to more, we need to be faithful to steward the testimonies of what the Lord has done. I was looking through little videos this week of um, little videos I've just recorded in meetings of miracles, of, of incredible testimonies of people that have been healed. And I felt the Lord really stirring me. You need to feed on my faithfulness. That the Scriptures tell us in Psalms, Dwell in the land and feed on my faithfulness. Feed on his faithfulness. That is, remember the works of Jesus. Remember what he's done. Remember the times that he's spoken to you. That's why I like to journal, write down the things that he says. He's got daily bread for you every day, a rhema word. But when he speaks something to your spirit, when he does something significant, if you can grab it and remember, Remember it. It's what you remember that will feed you as you move into the next season. If you think about David, when he was faced with Goliath, he recalled, I remember how God gave me power over the lion and over the bear. And this Philistine is going to be just like one of them because God is with us. And in the same way, I believe right now as the world is providing so many things to look at. so There's so many opportunities to get involved in this drama or that drama or this drama or to talk about this or what about this, what about this? It doesn't mean it's not good to be informed, but if you let it get your attention, It'll fill up the space that God wants to fill with good food, which is food that feeds on the faithfulness of God, reminding ourselves of what the Lord has done. Have you ever experienced a miracle? can you remember that what what god did can you can you write down can you think about it god god wants us to be so intentional to stir us up, ourselves up by remembering i remember when god did that i remember when god did that just watching these testimonies again you know some of them 10 15 years old some of them only a couple of months old but looking at them and reminding myself yes i yes i yes i remember that yes Thank you, Jesus, because God is getting you ready to see the acceleration. Hallelujah. So praise the Lord for testimonies. We're going to look at a really, um, it's going to seem like a a segue to something different, but you'll understand what I'm doing um, as we go along. So Ephesians chapter 5, if you want to turn there with me. Who loves the book of Ephesians? Gosh, I love to pray Ephesians 1, Ephesians 3. It's just changed my life. Bible, The Bible tells us that whatever we ask according to His will, we can have. Hallelujah. There's some amazing apostolic prayers in there that I just want to encourage you to grab and to pray and to make your own. Hallelujah. But this one here is, this is talking about husbands and wives. Now, don't switch off if you're not married because... There's something that the Lord wants to speak to you here, Um, but I'm going to read the whole passage in so that you get what I'm saying in context. It's starting here at verse 22. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife as also Christ is the head of the church, and he is the saviour of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. "'Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church "'and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her "'with the washing of water by the word, "'that he might present her to himself a glorious church, "'not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, "'but that she should be holy and without blemish. "'So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies, "'for he who loves his wife loves himself.'" I mean, this is just such practical, good, practical help in learning what it looks like to live a life pleasing to the Lord. And and I think it's so important for us to be reading Scripture, remembering that this is the light to our feet. This is God showing us his ways. He's teaching us. And I've been studying scripture recently with a, a, a focus on, I want to see what a glorious church looks like, God. I, I'm, I'm studying intentionally. What does What's your dream for a glorious church? What does it practically look like? A glorious church, a community that is shining for you. What does that look like? And, And the the Word of God, praise His name, is so full of incredible practical wisdom. But I want to focus today, um, you can take all of that and enjoy that and think it through. And if it hits home in any any spot, you can do something about it. Praise the Lord. But I want to focus here on this interesting little verse where it says that He might present her to Himself, speaking of Jesus, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle. You get wrinkles when you're old, just so you know. But remember, he says that he wants to renew our youth like the eagle. He doesn't want us getting tired and worn out. He wants us renewing our youth like the eagles, hallelujah, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives. And then it says here in verse 29, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. The Lord nourishes and cherishes the church. Nourishes and cherishes. I've been thinking about this nourishes and cherishes, what, this is so fascinating. Now, a lot of people are comfortable when they go to the Lord for, to expect him to discipline them or to instruct them. And sure, the Lord does discipline those he loves. Praise God, he doesn't punish us. He never will punish those who have received the mercy of Jesus because the punishment for our sin has been met in the suffering of Jesus. Hallelujah. That's more exciting than you're reacting. Oh. Hallelujah. You don't have to be punished. In fact, it's never going to happen that you're going to be punished for your sin when you have received Jesus as your Lord and your Saviour. Can I hear a praise the Lord? Yes. Yeah, that's like worship worthy. (laughs) Say love. Pause and think about that. But he does discipline those he loves. That is if you if you're going down a track where you are causing harm to yourself and to others he loves you too much to leave you going down that track and he will discipline you and it's not pleasant but it always is intended to bring you into a greater place of fruitfulness hallelujah where he continues to nourish and cherish you but some people they think well you know I can Just, come on, God, discipline me, uh, instruct me. And that's where they limit their expectation when it comes to receiving from the Lord. Yet Christ's primary objective for us as the church is to nourish and cherish us. And you might think, oh, yeah, I don't need all of that. Well, the people around you probably do. And if all you are comfortable receiving is discipline and instruction, then that's all you're going to have to give. And the people around you are going to get a picture of the Father that is unbalanced and incorrect. You see, God himself, every day when we come to him, is looking to nourish and cherish us. I used to have a picture of the Father wanting to discipline and instruct me. In fact, I tell this story, I remember when I was just 23 or so going to, I got a new job at a teaching high school at a Christian school and they said, go away and write down what the Lord is saying to you for the next 15 minutes. And I took my piece of paper and a pen and I went, right, come on, God, speak to me. I can take it. Come on, talk to me. And he said, I love you. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know, everyone knows that. Come on, but come on, I can take it. I want, you to, I want you to fix me, help me. Come on, come on, God, I want you to talk to me. I love you. Yes, and come on, like, I'm open, just open, talk. And he just kept saying he loved me. And I didn't get it. Because I thought, I thought the purpose of hearing from God was to be corrected and, and yet God's desire is that we would receive the love of God that passes knowledge to be filled up with all the fullness of Himself. And it's His goodness and kindness that leads us to repentance. Hallelujah. So He wants to nourish us and cherish us. So, what does that look like practically? How do we go and get nourished and cherished? You need it, whether you think you do or not. Everybody. Every human being needs to be nourished and cherished. We we know this from um, orphanages, where orphans have been had all their needs supplied, where they've been taken care of, nappies changed, food given, sleep, and yet they've failed to thrive because they haven't had human affection. The truth is, you cannot flourish without being nourished and cherished. God has for you every day nourishment and he wants to cherish you because his desire is that you would flourish and be fruitful in every good work. Amen? So how do, we, how do we get this nourish and cherish thing going on? Well, we've got to change our mind first about what God wants to do in our hearts We've got to decide that we believe that having received Jesus Christ as our Lord and Saviour, having confessed our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, that he now sees us clean, holy, righteous, forgiven. Hallelujah. That, that's another moment you just missed. I'll do it again. Hallelujah. Yay, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We are the righteousness of God in Christ. So we got to get that right first. But then as we come before him, knowing we are forgiven, having faith to believe that he is better than we feel like we deserve, knowing that even if our hearts condemn us, he's greater than our hearts, knowing that he has given us his righteousness as undeserved mercy, we also need to open our hearts and remember and recognise that every day the expressed, written will of God for your life is that you would receive from him nourishment, that you would be cherished by Him, that you would know by His Spirit this love that passes human understanding, that every day you would get overwhelmed with more love than you can physically, emotionally, or spiritually handle, that every day you would be strengthened with might to be undone by the affection of Jesus. So how do you how do you do that? Well, if you if you think about how do I get nourished? To, to be nourished is to be fed, to make sure that you're. If you actually if you look at it, um, it, it actually includes in the definition. I looked it up in the Strong's. So it, it includes there to be pampered. Like God actually wants to supply your needs. I was at the academy this week and we were studying, just studying out scripture and I was introducing the Strong's um, Concordance and uh, where's Sheila? Where are you, Sheila? I I told them to pick out one of their favourite verses and Sheila goes, okay, my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches in glory. And we looked it up in the Strong's, didn't we? And I asked everybody, tell me if you found something exciting. And she goes, Well, this word supply here means to cram full with abundance. Whoa. And we know that God wants to nourish us, not just with the bare basics. He wants to cram you full with abundance. Give us this day our daily bread. It's not just of dry crust. He wants to provide for you physically, emotionally, financially, spiritually, relationally, in every way, over and abundantly, cramming full with abundance. Hooray, that's happy. And if you believe it, you'll go with an expectation to receive it. So then you go to open up the Bible and you can come with an expectation. God, your word says that you want to nourish me and cherish me. So Holy Spirit, I don't come saying I'm rich and full and having need of nothing. I acknowledge I need you to feed me today. You know, it's all there. He wants to feed you. He wants to nourish you. But he won't force you to eat it. Emily made a great meal this week. Um, She's trying to do one vegetarian meal a week for us. And um, she made this really delicious meal. And uh, Joseph came home from work hungry. And we set before him this nourishing meal. Joseph's 20. And um, he ate a little bit. It's like a very large amount left there. I was like, Joseph, don't you want to eat? And I realized, you know, as a 20-year-old, I can't make him eat a nourishing meal. (laughs) He's like, there's no meat, (laughs) mum. Where's where's the meat? (laughs) 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 So he didn't have to eat the lentils. But let me tell you, <laughs> God actually provides, <laughs> yes, he does love meat. Jesus did eat lamb and fish, hallelujah. <laughs> but the Bible says he lays a banqueting table before us in the presence of our enemies, and he says, get up and eat it. Get up and eat it. And so we have to be deliberate to get up and open our expectation. God wants to nourish me today. So as I open up the Bible, I'm expecting nourishment. And I'm going to sniff, where's the, where's the trail? What's it? What do you want me to study out today? Okay, ooh, we'll go there. Mm, oh, that's good. Mm. He wants to feed you. He wants to nourish you with the Word of God. But then He wants you to enlarge your expectation even more than that. He doesn't just want to supply your intellectual and spiritual needs. He wants to cherish you. That is, have you experience the affection of the Father where He comes to value you, to strengthen you, to speak life? I mean, you start to give some people a compliment, and they. Prime example, Julia Leffick today receiving Volunteer of the Week. She's like, yeah, 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 thank you. That's very much. That's <laughs> we love you, Julia. She's amazing in the Children's Church and the worship team and all the wonderful things, service teams. But you know, we can so easily, when. When someone, you know, wants to say something nice about us, go, oh, yeah, yeah, that's enough, that's enough. But with God, we have to let go of that, that's enough, that's enough, and pray for spiritual strength to be able to let him love us past the point of embarrassment, past the point of comfort, until we go, I give up, (laughs) oh, God. Because as we allow him to speak to the value that we have to him... It's not gonna cause our heads to be swollen or puffed up with pride. It's gonna cause our hearts to melt and we're gonna start to believe that we are and understand the value we have as his inheritance in the earth. He wants us to know supernaturally the riches of his glorious inheritance in us, the saints. Ephesians 1. He wants you to know the value that you have in the earth, that you today are a gift to the planet. You are a gift on this earth today. You have something to give, a smile, and a word of encouragement, a kindness to somebody else today that is going to bring heaven on earth. And he wants to encourage you, speak to you. While the enemy is there trying to tell you that you've got nothing to live for, the Lord is wanting to let his voice know nourish and cherish you so that you can get up and nourish and cherish the world around you. You see, if we're supposed to love others like he loves us and like we love ourselves, if we don't get this concept of letting the Lord love us, nourish us and cherish us, if all we are comfortable receiving from the Lord is discipline and instruction, that is all we're gonna give because you cannot give what you are not receiving. If we want to be better parents, we need to give ourselves to being nourished and cherished by the Lord so that we can freely give what is overflowing from our own hearts. If we want to be better friends, if we want to be better citizens, if we want to be better Saints in the community, we need to let Him every day feed us, supply in abundance our deep need relationally, emotionally, spiritually, financially. We need to let him nourish and cherish us until his perfect love casts out all the fear, until we are reminded of the value that we have to him, until we are undone and overwhelmed with this love of God that passes knowledge so that we can get up and say, such as I have, give I thee. Where we can see the next person and not be driven by our need for affection, but overflowing by the superabundance we've just received. Amen. That's very encouraging. Hallelujah. Our God shall abundantly supply, but He still tells us to pray give us this day our daily bread. Are you going to go and ask for it? Are you going to come to him and say, God, I need a cuddle? God, I need you to nourish and cherish me today. This isn't just when you're having a bad day or when things are difficult. If you have that perspective, then you're only going to overflow on the days that are difficult. God, every day, wants you to recognise the will of the Lord for your life. People are like, give me a prophetic word. I need a prophetic word. I love to prophesy. This is the word of the Lord for you. Go and let the Lord nourish and cherish you. The will of God, your purpose in life is to be nourished and cherished by God until you so overflow that you are nourishing and cherishing with the love of God, everybody around you. That you would receive love and give it away. But but, but what's my purpose? Do that and you'll see it unfold and abundance and you be faithful with that and God will give you more and you be faithful with that and God will give you more and watch and see the doors that the Lord will open for you and the more time you spend in the presence of this one that looks at you and tells you the value that you have as his glorious inheritance in the earth your faith is going to rise up with such Spiritual strength that you mount up on wings like eagles. You will run and not grow weary. You will walk and not faint because your faith is being powered by the cherishing, the nourishing of the Father Himself. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Here endeth the lesson. Thank you, Jesus. Do you enjoy the Word of God? Do you enjoy letting God love you? A lot of people say yes to the first one and yes, I'd like to for the second one. But if we begin to understand by faith that this is the will of God for you, then you can open up and receive The Father's embrace, the love of God that passes knowledge without thinking, I have to, I really, really want this. I really, really want this. He really, really wants it too. He really, really wants it too, more than you really, really want it. And if you will just say, thank you, Father. I thank you that it's your will now to nourish me and cherish me. Then in everything you do, as you read, as you pray, as you wait on him, your faith will be so stirred because faith works by love. Hallelujah. Father, I just pray for everyone here and all those watching and listening. Spirit of God, I ask that you would release in them a faith of your desire to nourish and cherish them, that they may be able to nourish and cherish all those that come across their path. Father, I bless them to know you in increasing ways in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You know, right now, as, as we're just here, or perhaps as you're watching online, if you know in your heart you aren't walking in a dynamic and a real relationship with Jesus, God's heart desire for every one of us is to know him. That's his desire for you, that you may know him and know him as Saviour and Lord and the one who walks with you and talks with you. He wants to give you a confident assurance that right now you can receive him as Lord and Saviour and walk with him into eternity in salvation with him. But just as I can't force Joseph to eat the lentils, God can't force you into relationship with with Him. He longs for you. But you've you've got to come to the place where you say, yes, Lord, I want that. I want to receive you as my Saviour and my Lord. I want you to be my God. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Nobody can become righteous enough. But if we'll humble ourselves and receive by faith what we can have no part in earning, If we come to the point that we say, yes, God, I need you to be my saviour, the Bible says, if you'll acknowledge me before men, I'll acknowledge you before my Father who's in heaven. If you'll humble yourself, he will lift you up. And it takes humility to say, I need a saviour. Human nature likes to think, well, yeah, I'll be right. I can manage. But we can't. We cannot save ourselves. There is no way to the Father but by Jesus. There is no way to eternal life but by receiving Jesus as Saviour and Lord. And He longs to come and be your Saviour today. So if you're here and you know in your heart you haven't made that deliberate choice to receive Him as Lord and Saviour, I want you just to wave your hand at me and I want to pray for you right now. Is there anyone here that says, yes, today I want to receive Jesus as my Saviour? I'm not going to embarrass you, but I want you to have that opportunity right now to draw a line in the sand and say, yes, today, I want, I want today to be the day that I surrender my life to him and receive him as my Lord and my Saviour. Is anyone here? Just let me see your hand if that's you. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, I see you. God bless you, Father. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Anyone else? You say, yes, yes, yes. I want, Yes, I see you. God bless you. God sees it. God sees that. I'm so proud of you. Anybody else that says, yes, I receive I, I, today, God? And you know, just you doing that, that's you saying, yes, yes, I receive. Is anybody else that says, yes, that's me? I want to receive Jesus as my Saviour and my Lord. I tell you, he sees it and he will. He will come in. Anybody else? Thank you, Jesus. So you, God bless.